1: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You are listening to the next best picture podcast, and this is our review of The Great Goes West. The couple that yoga's together stays together.
2: Hashtag perfect. True romance vibes. Hashtag Less perfect. Perfect.
0: Congratulations. Ingrid Sorburn. I thought she was in an insane asylum. Live in the sunshine, swim in the sea. Hashtag California. LA is the best. I'm making a ton of new friends. You should totally follow me on Instagram.
2: Are you an escort or something? Suspicious.
0: Can I dream? dog named oh
2: my God, thank you so much. Hi, I'm Taylor Have we met before?
1: no maybe you're confusing her with one of your insta fans
0: <laughs> you're by far the coolest most interesting person I've ever met <laughs>
1: Alright everybody, you were just listening to the trailer for Ingrid Goes West, and the story is as follows. Following the death of her mother, and a series of self-inflicted setbacks, young Ingrid Thorburn escapes a humdrum existence by moving out west to befriend her Instagram obsession, a Los Angeles socialite named Taylor Sloan. After a quick bond is forged between these unlikeliest of buddies, the fat Cade begins to crack in both women's lives, with comically malicious results. The film is starring Aubrey Plaza, Elizabeth Olsen, Billy Manguson, Wyatt Russell, Pam Clementif and O'Shea Jackson Jr. It is written and directed by Matt Spicer and co-written by David Branson Smith. Joining me for this review, I have Mike for Matt. What up, everybody? And we also have Matthew Garrell.
0: Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody.
1: (laughs) Okay, so it's interesting because there were a lot of films that were expanding this week. Uh, Ingrid Goes West expanded, Wind River expanded, Good Time expanded. But I chose Ingrid Goes West as our review here because I actually found that this film probably had um, the most interesting and relatable topics that a lot of people could, um, you know, put, put their own selves into and really, really think about what this film is trying to say in regards to our obsession with social media, especially. Um, so the first question I will pose to both of you, Matthew, Mike, how active are the both of you on social media?
0: I'm relatively active. I mean, I have an active Twitter account, as has been discussed before. Um, I used to be more active on Facebook, but then it just kind of fell off and I stopped using it altogether. So I'm definitely nowhere near as uh, involved as, as Ingrid is,
2: but yeah, that's just me. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think I fare somewhere near where Matthew is saying, like, I'm probably more involved than most, I guess, but definitely less involved than people who use it all the time. I mean, I have Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, but I don't really check it all that often. Have either
1: one of you ever dabbled in trying to create like an online persona? Even going as far back as maybe the MySpace days.
2: No. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even have a MySpace, so so no. Yeah, I never had MySpace either. <laughs>
1: my top eight were blank. <laughs> I I know I know people who literally live double lives. There's their personal life, and then there's their online life. You know, maybe they come up with like some sort of a gimmick. Or something, and then that's like what their whole Twitter account is based around, or um, something on Instagram where they only take specific shots of specific things, and that's the thing that they just become known for. And it really all has to do with the feeling that one does get when they get that reaffirmation of a like, or a retweet, or a share, or whatever the case may be, a comment, even. People just want this reaffirmation that that they're doing something that other people are enjoying, it seems like.
2: Well, I mean, it's scientifically proven, right? That, like, anytime you hear that ding on your phone, whether it be a text message or a like or whatever the case may be, your brain is giving you a hit of endorphins to make you, like, feel better. So, like, it perks your day up whenever you get, like, a hit from that. So, I mean, physically, like, you're getting a chemical reaction from getting likes and shares and, you know, whatever the hell else it may be. Um, So, I mean, that's why I think people can literally become addicted to their phones.
1: And what we see here in Ingrid Goes West is we see a character who is clearly someone that's mentally deranged, has a a huge obsession, and we see the negative side effects on being self-reliant on uh, that constant need for that endorphin feeling, that feeling of reaffirmation. We see somebody who if they don't have that if they if literally if you took their phone away from them and they had no, they they had nothing their entire world would disintegrate this is a character um, Ingrid uh, Thorburn who's probably one of the most fascinating characters i've seen in a film some since something like i don't know she's she's basically like the Travis Bickle from Taxi Driver for the social media age if that makes sense
2: Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense.
1: I I think that she is somebody that, if you took this away from her, she is a danger to herself because clearly she is someone that's suffering from depression um, and is someone that is also extremely, I don't want to say the word volatile, but – and it's interesting because it's not like she's dangerous, but she just gets so emotionally attached, and she takes everything personally when it's like – the. These people are not really your friends, you know, and this is not how you form relationships is through the Internet. You form relationships by being open, trustworthy and, you know, forthcoming with people in your normal day to day interactions. But all of her interactions are based on what is ultimately a lie. I I just think I think it's very fascinating.
2: It is fascinating, I mean, but she is crazy. Like, she is dangerous. I mean, in the opening minutes of the movie, so I don't think this is a spoiler, you see her, like, mace someone in the face on their wedding day. So she's, like, you know, she's pretty fucked up in the head. Like, she's not a, a sane character by any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, she's already taken the bus to Cuckoo Town. <laughs>
0: And it's kind of amusing for me because actually I have a background in psychology in terms of like what I've studied in college and such. And so to watch her go through these ups and downs and this obsession with somebody she's never really met and then does whatever she can to get into this person's life. It's just it's intoxicatingly fascinating to watch for me as well as a viewer, not just as okay, I'm a critic, but just as a fan of movies. It's fun to watch her, even though what she's doing is horrifying. Do we think that there is kind of a
1: romantic angle in the fact that she seems to only be obsessed with other women, and we don't really see that with men?
0: I don't necessarily know that it's romantic. I think it's... okay, Obviously, she's a woman in and of herself, so she can somewhat relate to that aspect. And... I don't know, I I guess this idea that in society that women are the ones who seek attention, quote-unquote, whether that's that's nonsense or not, and more often than not it is nonsense, but this general idea that women are attention-seeking, and it's like, okay, well, she's living into that one, I guess. Yeah,
1: I found it very unusual that um, she seems to want to have a relationship with this uh, character, the Elizabeth Olsen character and that's one that seems to be based around friendship but the more it teeters into obsession and the more it becomes apparent that she can't seem to let this person go it's it, it's like it's like she wants her all to herself she's not allowed to have other friends she's not allowed to have her brother in her life she's not allowed to have her husband in her life she like she j- just wants it to be her and her You know what I mean? And you can look at that either on a level of just purely friendship, or you can look at that on a level of romance. I'm not exactly sure if it would ever teeter into that, but I would have to think that if they were the only two people in the world, as Ingrid probably wants it, I I would imagine it would probably get to that point, no?
2: I, I buy the friendship angle. Like, I buy that she's just looking for a best friend. She's super lonely. She's super depressed, and she just wants, like, a friend that'll be there for her. And, you know, you have to imagine that she was probably picked on in school. She probably has not had friends her whole life. Um, and, you know, I mean, what we – imagine her to be probably, what, like, late 20s, early 30s, Ingrid? Yeah. So she grew up at a time before social media. I mean, I'm mm. I'm 28, and I've – You know, when I was a kid, there was no connected device. I mean, there was a computer and laptop, but it was huge. Um, You couldn't carry around a phone with you, a computer with you. So she grew up before all that. And I mean, I'm sure at that time in her life, she didn't have any friends. And so now that she's kind of thrust into this connected world, that's the way that she's chosen to try and make friends because nothing else has worked for her before.
0: And I think it also kind of goes back to that whole idea of, social media giving you a high because she's able to connect the idea of attention of seeking friendship with this person with putting everything online and giving uh, into Instagram and other social media. And so it kind of reinforces everything she's going for. And I, and I don't see it really as much of a, as much of a romance because I almost think of her as less of a sexual being because, like, okay, we get a scene with her having sex, admittedly, but it's strikes me more as a manipulation tactic more than a, a desire for romance. Oh, it totally is. So, I, I don't necessarily know that she even thinks about romance in those terms. I think she just sees it as, I want this person as my friend, and I will do whatever it takes to have this person as my friend, no matter what the cost.
2: And in a way, too, like, she's replacing her mother as her best friend. Because she says, like, her mom was her best friend before the mom passed away. Yeah. And so she's just replacing her in her life as her best and probably only friend. I really
1: wish that we got to see that relationship a little bit. Um, Do you guys think it's best that it was kept vague and we never really saw any interactions between them?
2: I I mean, I wish that we saw it. I mean, just to see, like, what she was like before, um, you know that happened because everything is post that traumatic stress. So I'd like, I wish we would have seen it, but
1: yeah. Um, And it's interesting too, because we talked a little bit about there, about her relationship with the O'Shea uh, Jackson character in this movie, or as he's uh, known as um, Batman, so to speak. Not really. (laughs) Um, You know, he has an obsession with Batman, which I found uh, quite amusing at times, but the, the, thing i don't like about this relationship is i don't like where it goes towards the end where he seemingly becomes like her one and only friend and all the signs are there that she is extremely fucked up in the head and this guy needs to have some common sense in his brain to just be like run get out of there you know what i mean and and I, I think the film kind of ends on a semi-false note because of these two characters. I, I don't buy their relationship. I don't buy that he would be willing to think that, oh, my God, this is the only girl that's ever even given me any acknowledgement or ever talked to me. I don't know. Maybe sex has that kind of power over over somebody that, th- like this. But I, I just didn't buy it. I really, truly didn't. Because I, I have to believe that as a human being in this world, if you encounter someone that is as messed up as Ingrid Dorgood, you're going to go in the opposite direction when she comes your
0: way. Clearly, you have not experienced enough codependent people. Yeah, I guess not, I suppose. There are absolutely relationships that are very much like that, especially among people who are lonely, who are isolated, who are in his case, nerds. Like, they will put up with a lot of crap in order to maintain a relationship. And I mean, yeah, ob- objectively, common sense wise, absolutely. You're thinking, get out of there. You should not be around this person. But when you get into a relationship with somebody, your brain is so screwed up that you You can ignore a lot of stupid things. She ruins his car before they even have a quote-unquote relationship. And then it takes time to build that relationship back up. It's not like it's immediate that, oh, she's forgiven. It takes time.
2: I guess. He's pretty messed up himself. I mean, and I think it's interesting. And he says, like, after they have sex that no one has ever done that for him before. And I was wondering as I was sitting there if that was the first time he'd ever actually had sex. Um, because I think that if that was the case, you know, that would uh, give a little more into the codependency.
1: I suppose, but I mean, I just read into it as she's dressing up like Catwoman and, you know, yeah, that's he's, the thing that no one's ever talked about he's so
2: weird and messed up and, like, you never see any of his friends that, like, I wonder if he doesn't have anybody else.
1: Well, I think that's deliberate uh, is to show also that he too is probably a lonely character. And these two people just so happen to find each other. It, it just screams, uh, inauthentic to me though. I, 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 you know, and this might, maybe this is a personal thing uh, to me. The film just didn't do a good job of convincing me enough to buy it. Um, performances though, from this cast all around, everybody's really, really good. Everybody I think sells their role very well. But
0: my God, is Aubrey Plaza on another level in this movie or what? Absolutely fantastic, I think. I mean, to me, this is probably her best performance of her career outside of maybe Parks and Rec. I haven't watched Parks and Rec, so I can't comment on that. But at least in terms of films, this is far and away my favorite performance of hers because it's just its so electric. It's so out there. It's so fun that I, I just get sucked into everything she's doing because she's so intriguing.
1: Yeah, the, the cringe comedy that occurs within this movie is unnerving. Unnerving, and we know Aubrey Plaza has a talent for that and I think it showcases very well here, but there's also those un, um those unexpected depths to the character which she's able to really fully convey from the highest highs to the lowest lows and the full spectrum of all those emotions. I I really really believed in her performance as this character so much so that I'll I, you know, I, I, I'll be honest with you I think it might be the best female performance I've seen this year beating out Cynthia Nixon now in A Quiet Passion I, I think Aubrey Plaza is that good
2: yeah she was amazing and I actually will say that I do not like Aubrey Plaza like at all um, and typically I would not go see one of her movies because I really dislike her so much but um, she like you said she was on another level she was on fire and I definitely think that it was one of the best performances of the year as well I don't think she'll get nominated for anything or get any recognition, really. But I think it's one of those things where people will look back um, a few years from now and say, wow, this movie was – she was definitely on point with this movie.
1: Yeah, definitely. And I kind of feel a little bad for Elizabeth Olsen because uh, this film is coming out at the same time as Wind River. And in both films, even though she has a character that feels like it's – something that's worthy of her talents, and she is good in both films, they're both kind of thankless roles that are playing second fiddle to the more showier role, you know? So I I almost feel bad for her to a certain degree in that regard.
2: I thought Elizabeth Lothman was great in this movie. Oh, yeah,
1: no, she's great. I just think that, you know, it it just, I, I wanted more from her character. I wanted to see a little bit more focus and emphasis placed on her instead of just being the Aubrey
2: Plaza show. Yeah, no, I understand that. And she was, to me, the bigger draw, because like I said, I really do not like Aubrey Plaza. But I've pretty much liked everything Elizabeth Olsen's been in since I saw, I was that weird title movie, Martha Marley May Marlene? Mm-mm, Martha Marcy May Marlene. Yeah. So since I saw that, I've been a huge Elizabeth Olsen fan. I've seen everything she's pr- probably been in. Yeah. So I like her a lot. So I was excited to see her in this, and I thought she was really good. Just as equally fucked up as Aubrey Plaza, like just too Completely batshit characters.
1: Oh, you thought so? Because I thought that Elizabeth Olsen's character was more level headed, and I thought her husband actually was the one with delusions of grandeur.
2: I mean, she wasn't psychotic like Aubrey Plaza, but she was just as fucked. Like, her life is just fucked up, and she's just like one of those people. And she's a real person. Like, Elizabeth Olsen is somebody you can actually meet on the street. Like, I think Aubrey Plaza's character is. You know, propped up to make it larger than life.
1: Yeah, she's a concoction of the film screenplay, basically, where Elizabeth Folson feels more real. I, I get that. You know, the thing I found a little weird about the Elizabeth Folson character was this hinted, incestuous relationship with her brother.
0: <laughs> no, anybody? Am I the only one? Oh no, 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 no. That was yeah. They were hinting that easily, or at least some sort of weird dependency sort of thing in that regard. Because it was just like it makes you wonder what their background is like. Because it seems like they have a, a deeper connection there than, and maybe not even go full incestuous, but no, no, it, but a, like, but at least like there's some sort of weird dependency thing going on there her brother is so weird and a total douchebag i i would hate this
1: person if i interacted with him or saw him at a party i i would truly truly despise this individual and it it would not surprise me it would not surprise me in the least if this character uh her brother would just say to someone casually oh yeah you know my sister's totally hot you know what i mean yeah Like, that's the kind of character that he is. Like, just total, complete disregard for others. But, you know, it's interesting because I think it's tying into the film's themes in a way about how we do grasp onto these relationships with people despite how fucked up they may appear to be to others.
2: Yeah, I agree with that. I think it's, like, a foil for um, Ari Plaza being, like, so dependent on Taylor and wanting to be with her all the time. And then once the brother comes into it, um you know, she wants to be with the brother all the time. So I, I think it's like just kind of a foil for that relationship.
0: It also kind of fits in with this whole idea that everyone in some way is fake. It's just a matter of what are you fake about and to what extreme. Yep. That's interesting. That's interesting. Who do you think is the most um
1: non fake character in the movie?
0: Probably O. J. Jackson Jr., honestly. I uh-huh. mean he, he he's clearly like a, a, a lonely nerd sort of character, but he's also the sort who still seems like you could meet him and interact with him and he'd be goofy, but you could probably have fun in some way. I, I mean, Elizabeth Olsen's character's kind of there, but at the same time, it, it, it's clear that a lot of what she is is not real in the end.
2: It's all we, fake. Yeah, I everything mean, well, about her is fake.
0: At first, it seems like, yeah, she is very genuine with everything because of the whole social media thing. But, again, that dives into the film's themes of social media allows you to take on a persona and a facade that makes you look like something you're not. Whereas OJ Jackson, he doesn't try to put on a facade all that much. I mean, he And when
1: she tries to dress him up the way that she wants him to be, he rejects that and says, this is
2: not me. Exactly. Right. He wears that nerd cred on his sleeve that he loves Batman. He is who he says he is. Like he's. I don't think he's fake at all. Uh, everybody else, though, they're all just mean-spirited and, and, like, you know, the fakiest of fakie town.
1: Yeah. The question of identity, you know, uh, Matthew, you were just talking a minute ago about how you create a persona online. The question I have for the both of you is who is Ingrid Dor- uh, Dorburn, really? Um, because we see that every time she finds, like, a new fixation, obsession, she hones all of her energy into changing her life, her appearance, everything to cater towards that individual. And I don't know if we, unless if you count maybe, say, the ending of the film, when she literally has no money, she's living a very secluded and dark and really, really disturbing lifestyle. Um, I don't ever really know if we ever understand who this character truly is. Do you guys uh, feel like you really know this character or do you feel like the film wants to
0: keep it vague what do you guys think i think it's a mixed bag i I think you're right that the ending is where we get her true self pouring through and i think that's sort of the point is that a lot of it is to focus on the dark side of social media and how it allows us to become something we're not and bring people together. And it has the potential to bring people positively because at first, while their relationship is built on, a, on lies, basically, it seems like a positive thing. But then it very quickly turns negative because of the sort of people we're dealing with. But I think also when you get somebody with the sort of um, mental difficulties that uh, Aubrey Plaza's character has... That fixation makes total sense in their minds, and yet to us it makes absolutely no sense. But basically, it's they become dependent on somebody else for approval, and then when that goes astray... It basically shifts extremes where on on one minute you can be just the a saint, an absolutely wonderful person, and then the next minute you're the scum of the earth, and I hate you, and I you're you're a traitor to me, and all that. And then when you mix that with the abandonment issues that I think she's dealing with with the death of her mother, then to lose that object of fixation just completely upends her world entirely.
2: Yeah, I, I agree with you, hundred percent. I mean, it's just. We do see shades of who Aubrey Plaza's character really is. I mean, when she's sitting there eating the gummy worms and just kind of being by herself. I mean, she just is just a lonely, sad person. Um, But what I think is is more interesting is the fact that Elizabeth Olsen comes off as, like, this nice girl. And she's, like, the nicest girl. Everyone wants to be her new best friend. But she's, like, really mean, too. Because... In a normal world, like if someone was going through this and she was really your friend, even if Albie Plaza did all this weird like stalkery shit, you'd at the very least try and get them help.
1: Well, I think that they – she doesn't try to get her help. She says that she needs help. But, like,
2: in a really nasty way, like, she's pushing her to, like, a ledge.
1: But then again, also, Ingrid has also committed um, uh, atrocities against her in the shape of uh, attacking her brother. The brother
2: attacked her first, to be fair. Uh, okay,
1: Th- that's fair, but who's Elizabeth Olsen going to side with in that fight?
2: Uh, I guess. It just goes to show that they're all, like, massively screwed up. Not just Aubrey Plaza. All of them are.
1: I don't know. I think Elizabeth Olsen is completely justified in how she handles the situation,
0: personally. I mean, she's justified in it, but that also still doesn't... Doesn't make it right. Well, that and then... Okay, it still doesn't diminish the fact that she herself is still fake and... Just a shitty person. Yeah, I mean, she's not exactly this she's trying to be the social butterfly that everybody wants to be with but it's it's kind of Ingrid in reverse Ingrid is obsessed With a single person And wants to Be with that person Exclusively Whereas Taylor Wants to be with everybody I mean There's a magazine article In the beginning Where she's like Everybody's new best friend Or something to that effect
2: Yeah
1: I
0: want want to make friends With everybody around the world Sort of thing Which is what ends up Drawing Ingrid to her In the first place
2: And you can see that Like she uses Ingrid In the beginning of the Like in the beginning When they first start Becoming friends She's using Ingrid Because Ingrid's like The cool new thing you know Elizabeth Lawson's character likes the beginning of things. She loves the beginning of their friendship. But then once she meets that other girl, that's it for Ingrid. You can see she's already starting to pull away and only wants to be friends with this other person. Right. So, uh, yeah, I just think that she's a user in that sense as well.
1: Yeah, no, I, I – okay, okay. I, I fully get it now. Nice. Um, okay, let's move into final thoughts. Grades out of ten, Oscar potential. Final thoughts on the film? Matthew.
0: Um, as I said before, I, I adore this movie. It, it's so hypnotically fun for me. I, I love watching just all these screwed up people in their various interactions. When I walked out of the theater, one of the first things that popped into my head is that this is like if the social network was a had a dark and comedic cousin. Because it's kind of it, – it's how does social media affect us and how um, – does it hurt our lives and help our lives? But then I also likened it to—it's the existential angst of Spring Breakers if you cut the raunchiness out. And I—I I just had so much fun with this movie.
2: Nice, Mike. I—I I liked this movie a lot, and like it was like watching a, a car wreck that you couldn't look away from. Oh yeah. Um, I thought all the performances were great across the board. I, the cringy comedy doesn't really work for me, and, like, that cringiness was painful at times. Like, oh, I yeah. cringe so hard it hurt.
1: My, uh, my ex-roommate hated, hated that kind of comedy where I, I don't know what it is with me, but it is that car crash feeling of you can't look away, and I do tend to get a nice chuckle. Out of it where I'm just like I'm, my hands over my face and I'm like shaking my head and I'm like, no way, no way. Oh, my gosh. You know, I, I, I think it's so over the top sometimes and that uncomfortable feeling that that's a very um, that's a very intense emotion that a film, a movie is making me feel, you know, so when it can get that kind of a reaction out of me. Um, it's, it's why we enjoy going to the movies in the first place. And to get that, um, that reminder of that is always a great feeling for me, even if it's more leaning towards the negative side, I'd say.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's definitely something you don't experience all that often. Um, but it did detract from me because I was just so like cringy all the time with this movie. Um, but I will say it's my favorite Ari Plaza performance ever. And I, I actually have a much more respect for her now than I did prior to seeing this.
1: I do want to uh, point out in my final thoughts here, too, that I really like the film's editing a lot. I like the smash cuts to, you know, the full screen Instagram apps and the hashtags, you know, hashtag Navogato sandwich, hashtag When they were blessed. reading
2: it with the, uh, the emojis, they were reading the emojis. That was awesome.
1: Yeah. Really, really cool. Um, I really, really dug that. It helped give the film a, a nice energetic vibe to it. You know, shooting... Uh, California as well, with the uh, the bright neon look and the golden hues and such. I I really thought the film just had a really nice overall aesthetic to it, on the whole. And what else do I want to comment on about this one here? Um, Wyatt Russell, I like everything I've seen Wyatt Russell do, and I hope he continues to keep getting roles because Twenty Two Jump Street. Everybody wants some. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board with this guy, Kurt Russell's son. You know, yeah, this guy's, this guy's going places. That's for sure.
0: He's kind of laid back charm to him that kind of reminds me of Matthew McConaughey a little bit. Maybe not as charismatic, but just that kind of folksy, like uh, teddy bear, I want to hug you sort of thing. Sure.
1: It's the beard. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely that. Um. Okay, cool. Final grades
0: out of 10. Matthew. So, I know I'm going to be a little bit out on an island on this one, but um, I'm giving it 9 out of 10. I, I adored this movie so much from the characters i loved the dark comedy which dark comedy doesn't always work for me either but for whatever reason i just, i found myself laughing so much in this movie and i love how it delves into the aspects of social media it's it feels like it's capturing something of this generation of this moment in time and i could relate to it so well with the various psychological issues and that's mostly down to just my own background but i i loved this movie so much this is one of my favorites of the year
1: fantastic
2: Uh, Yeah, uh, my grade's definitely going to be a lot lower. Um, 6 out of 10 for me, I I definitely liked it a lot, and I definitely recommend it. It's just the cringiness killed me with this movie. Um, But definitely Alvarez Plaza's performance is worth the ticket price admission alone. So, yeah, 6 out of 10, but I definitely really did like it.
1: While I don't think it's one of the best films of the year, I do think that there are a, a lot of really great positives within this film. And I think there is a lot to talk about when the film is over as well, which is something that I always really admire. However, I really, truly could not get on board with the film's third act and where it leaves off the Incrid character and O'Shea Jackson's character. I, I just couldn't – I couldn't get past it, unfortunately. So – well, I was originally leaning towards an 8 out of 10. Um, I settled on a 7 out of 10. It's a very solid film. It's a really well-done film. It's got great performances, especially from Aubrey Plaza. And it's something that I, I think that if you went and, and saw it, I, I, I think you would get your money's worth to a certain degree. Do I think there's a chance that you could hate the characters, hate the dark comedy, the cringeworthiness of it all, and ultimately have a miserable experience? Sure, I do. <laughs> <laughs> but hopefully you're hearing this and, you know, you think to yourself, you know what, uh, I think I might want to give this a try. So 7 out of 10 from me. Oscar potential, are we all unanimous across the board that this is not going to get a single Oscar nomination? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And it's kind of sad in a way because I do think the screenplay is really fantastic. It's just not something that is going to be remembered unfortunately um there's going to be other high profile uh pictures with more quote-unquote prestige around it but this film did get the screenwriter's award out of Sundance and also benefited from good word of mouth from Sundance to be able to come out around this time and you know I, I think the film has already carved out a piece of success for itself and Aubrey Plaza while she would make my own personal ballot. It, it is a little unfortunate that this is something that also will not get any recognition when the time comes.
0: Yeah, this is more of a spirit award sort of thing than an Oscar sort of thing. You know, and that's cool. You know,
1: if it shows up there, that'll be awesome. I'll be all for it if that happens. So hopefully, fingers crossed, hashtag hopeful.
2: <laughs>
1: all right, <laughs> gentlemen, where can we find you on the Internet, Matthew?
0: I am at Nova MG7
2: on Twitter.
1: And Mike from Matt.
2: As always, you can find me on Twitter, VampDT89.
1: And you can find me at Next Best Picture. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening to our review of Ingrid Goes West on the Next Best Picture podcast. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Google Play, Stitcher, Player FM, and CastBox. Be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Let us know what you think of the show. We really, really do appreciate it. We will see you all next time.